Hello, my name is Tate Cornell, and I'm from Washington, and my parents won't let me listen to I Doubt It With Allmore because he f***ing cusses too much. <laughs> the following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Thank you for joining us. 274th episode of I Doubt It with Dalamore. The world is still spinning. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore, and sitting across from me, the lovely, the talented, the stressed out from school once again, Brittany Page. I am hanging in there. You're not too stressed out. Yeah, I'm doing okay. You, you just took your final semester of mm-hmm. graduate school, or of this leg of graduate school, <laughs> for I'm, your master's degree. I'm currently in it. Yeah, you're not coasting no. in this semester. No, 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 no. No, I didn't think that that would be the case, but the, now I know that's for sure not the case. <laughs> so how is it your, your final week, your final semester on campus? Well, it's relatively uneventful in terms of what I experience on a day-to-day basis. Although, I got an email the other day that it was a crime alert. You know, sometimes they send out these crime alerts on campus. Well, it is Southern California. Yeah, well, and you know, things happen and um, a campus is just a mini microcosm of the outside world, right? right so sure. And the outside world sometimes infiltrates yeah. the campus. Yeah. So I think the most common crime alert I get though is people like jerking off in eh. the you, when you say jerking off, you, you don't have to do the hand <laughs> movement and say jerking off. Okay. So I, I get it. We're we're <laughs> this is an audio medium right so it, it's best to say <laughs> jerking off but you don't need to do the hand jerk off motion uh-huh <laughs> in 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 regular conversation just one is sufficient <laughs> sorry <laughs> i i thought it would really drive the message for you though it did drive it home okay. no no pun intended yeah so so somebody's jerking off I'm yeah. doing both hand motion and words. Yeah, and I, I've I've received these crime alerts a few times since I've been going to Cal State Fullerton. They're just walking through the quad with their dick in their hand? What What's going on? Well, yeah, I guess sometimes they're in the parking lot in their car, or sometimes they're in the library. Yeah, I don't know. It's, That's, look, you, you must have a an insatiable urge to rub one out. I, I guess. Or is it that they really, that turns them on to be creepy as fuck and subject everyone else to their horrid genitalia? Well, that might be the situation, right? That they yeah. are turned on by being out in public and doing that and kind of the suspense of, ooh, is someone going to see? Am I going to get caught? Yeah. But I like in the email it says, quote unquote, touching himself. <laughs> Um, yeah, on the outside of his clothing. So he like didn't have Well, that only that's a crime. If you're just tugging at your dick through your jeans or something? Well, it must have been crime? it must have been quite vigorous because <laughs> it was enough for someone to Hang on, hang on, hang on. There were two hang reports, on, hang on. two reports. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. I want to I want to quote you well. 
uh, it must have been quite vigorous. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were two reports, though. One was at 1041 and the other was at 1148. So this was a lengthy, vigorous. Wow. Expedition. That's a uh, <laughs> maybe he has what's it called where you're you have propriety. Propri- what is the proprietary? No, priapism, where oh. you have a hard on for too long. Yeah, I, I don't know. Too long. Yeah, or like he there's w- there's a good amount, and then there's like, nah, that's that's too much. That's too much boner. Well, maybe he was taking breaks in between that time. <laughs> I don't know. It's but like calisthenics. Yeah, it's just kind of it's creepy, and I wish people would stop doing it because I'm sick of getting these crime alerts to my email inbox. It's um, never anything ex- exciting like a hostage situation. Well, I wouldn't. It's just a creep with well, his dick in his hand. That wouldn't be exciting. <laughs> that would be horrifying, and I would be very concerned. It's not jewel thievery. No, it's you know a guy with his squishy little penis in his hand. Yeah, but I must say because I did have a lockdown situation on campus. Yeah, a few where, years ago, where I was in the classroom because there were armed robbers on campus. For they like were eight hours. Yeah, they weren't trying to shoot up the school, but they had robbed a a jewelry store or something, and then they uh, got out of the car after a highway pursuit and went onto campus to hide. Uh, great plan. And I was stuck in the classroom for a long time. Like you just said, I forgot how many hours, but I didn't have a, ca- a car, a cell phone charger. Yeah. <laughs> and A car charger wouldn't have done you any good. Yeah, I don't know why I was in the classroom. Car. Um, but now I have one of those portable chargers and it's amazing. Yeah. I listen, uh, we, maybe we should hook up a deal with one of these manufacturers to be sponsored because seriously, there are, you go to Best Buy and you can buy one for $29 and it'll charge five full iPhone charges. Yes. And all you do, it's awesome. And it's it's the size of an external hard drive. Yeah. So now I bring that with me every time I go to school, just on the off chance that I'll get a crime alert and it involves me being locked down in a classroom for eight hours. It sets my mind at ease because I don't like leaving the house, even if we're going to the grocery store Mm -hmm. and have my phone not be at 100%. That is an issue for you. Yeah, yeah. It's... (laughs) An issue. I'm not proud of it, but it's it's what it is. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Let's let's move on with with the program. 274, Brittany. Getting up there. We're almost to 300 here. Pretty impressive. At some point, it's not going to be novel to talk about how many episodes we've done. <laughs> like, I'll be like, oh, it's, wow, we're almost to 1,500 episodes. It's not going to be as fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'll still want to know. I wonder when that point will be. So anyway, let's get to a few voicemails before we move on. What do you say? Let's do it. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. Uh, my name is Emma, and I go to college in Minnesota. I mean, it's 2017, I am a 19-year-old girl, and I already feel 73 with all this going on. I can't even imagine how you guys feel. Um, But I wanted to call in because, um, as I said, I'm a 19-year-old college student, and I just chose to be a political science major uh, before the election. And afterwards, I asked my American politics professor what he was most worried about with a Trump presidency. And that was before he even took the oath of office. Um, So you guys are older and more experienced than me. And, you know, you're used to commenting on this stuff. And so I want to know, even though we're only barely over a week into this thing, 
um, what are you guys most concerned about with a Trump presidency? Um, I love the show, guys. And Jesse, you're a fireball man. You're the best part. Bye. I'm what? I didn't hear it. I was going to ask you. Fievel? Like Fievel goes west? Don't know. Like the adventurous little 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 vermin? Is that or 50? I I don't I don't know. Man, oh to be a a teenage college student. How about this though? Just act like you know since she said you're the best part and don't lose your title that you now have. All right, right, okay. right, right. Just say thank you. Well, the other day someone called you the goat. And I acted like I knew what it was. And then, then somebody tweeted us yeah. and let us know that it's greatest of all time. Yes. I just, I don't, I didn't even watch the goddamn Super Bowl today because I was dealing with all the Tommy Laren bullshit. You're too cool to know about stuff is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. I did a video on Tommy Laren today and it took all my day. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even cool enough to have watched the guy. And I, you know, hate to, one of the teams. I don't want to alienate anybody. Anyway, uh, Emma. What am I most worried about? I think that I'm most worried about what, what kind of what's already happening. Donald Trump being in a position to defy court orders and to thrust us in our nation and in our 240-year history into a constitutional-type crisis. Because if the president starts ignoring court orders and ignoring the robust, independent uh, judiciary, that's a problem. And... Who is going to enforce the law when he's the chief law enforcement officer of the country? That, for me, is is of grave importance. But there's so many other issues. It, the, the, the cozy relationship that he's fostering right now with Russia and the military interventions that he is proposing, whether it be North Korea or Iran or goddamn Chicago. All, there's so many things. It's hard to pinpoint one particular thing. But like you said, we're only, you know, 10 days, two weeks in now. And I'm every day finding something new to be alarmed about. So, Well, you gave your list and now I'll give my one thing. All right. And I would say that that is Donald Trump's inability to emotionally regulate himself. (laughs) He does have difficulty doing that. And they say that this is the leakiest White House in history. Yeah. And that they keep on... And they've already made that determination. Yeah. Two weeks in. Right. Because people are saying (laughs) that Donald Trump is very childish in so many words, right? He gets easily irritated. He's venting. He gets very upset. He is very attached to his phone and always on Twitter and always watching the news and just drawn to reporting on himself yeah they're saying that he treats it like it's a a banker job like right when six o'clock hits he's up in his room lounging and watching tv or something right yeah i i I don't remember the report specifically if it if it gave a specific time like that that he's done and off the clock every day at the same time but that he's developed somewhat of a routine of retiring to his room after a day's work and getting on twitter and watching the news and getting angry about things that are reported and lashing out at people on twitter and i think twitter really is the most terrifying aspect of this for me and we're gonna do a Donald Trump tweet segment in a few minutes where we will read some of them. But I, <laughs> Sam Harris was tweeting the founder of Twitter, Jack, 
and asking him for Homeland Security's sake, is he going to disable his Twitter account? And yeah. I almost think that's a fair question. I think it's a fair question. Some I, of the tweets are horrifying. Yeah, it's not going to happen. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But that, I would like to know what the audience, what they're most afraid of. In, in you know, tweet us, message us, let us know. Because I'd like to kind of get the pulse and see what, what people are, what's on their minds about this, the monstrosity that is the Trump administration. Thanks a lot for the call. We appreciate it. Let's move on to Stephen. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. Stephen from Orange County again. I go by Senior Ham on Twitter. Anyways, uh, wanted to call back. Um, wanted to just say one thing that I want to throw my hat in on the bet that uh, Breitbart, Steve Bannon, Trump, Kellyanne Conway are going to propose having a state-run media outlet. Uh, I think um, it's clearly indicated on how they're portraying the media and how they want people to start thinking of the media as a non-factual, non-biased entity. Um, And I think uh, what this is all setting them up for is to go ahead with the state-run media outlet uh, headed by Steve Bannon himself. Um, so that's, that's my, that's where my bet is waged. Um, again, great show. I'm finishing up episode 273. Uh, Brittany, uh, you're, uh, you're probably the best part right now because Jesse's really pissed off like I still was. But that's cool, man. Uh, enjoy you too, Jesse. Take it easy. Thanks. Bye. Love the show. Brittany. When are we going to retire this drawing lines and, and choosing sides? Never, Brittany. Because I would prefer it stop. Well, that's on the audience. That's not on me. Okay. You think I'm advocating for this? <laughs> Who knows what you're doing? You're the one. You're the Launching how, secret How could I possibly do that? I don't know. You have access to every account that the, that the show has. You think I have a secret I doubted account? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what's going on? And why would I be trying to further this when you're the one who's resoundingly the best part. We know that's According to everyone. It's not true. Anyway, I don't doubt this, Stephen. I don't doubt that this would be the case. It's alarming if it were to be the case because Steve Bannon now has his lone seat, permanent seat on the National Security Council and him running a a propaganda arm of a state-run media organization and having access to the deepest of darkest of secrets relative to our national security and intelligence gathering would be a fucking nightmare. Yeah, well, and they've already done many concerning things as it relates to the media. And the most recent one I can think of is when Donald Trump was signing the executive order for the financial regulations. And, you know, they're all in the room announcing what they're doing, what they're signing. And a member of the press pool tried to ask a question about Iran. And Donald Trump had everyone escorted out the room. Yeah, they were in the room for two minutes. And said, quote unquote, they're not behaving. That's right. And had them escorted out because they, they tried to ask a question. They were brought in at 118. And by 120, he had them removed saying exactly what you just said. Get them out of here. They're not behaving. Right. So he wants them in submission. Yeah. He, they, he wants them to behave like they're subservient to him. Donald Trump is not a fan of dissent. Uh, Listen, it is disgusting, but it's also scary. This is another thing. This could be another thing to address Emma's call. This is another thing that is alarming, very disconcerting. We'll see. 
Thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Emily from northern Minnesota, and I just wanted to pass on to you guys and all your listeners, if you are wondering what to do, of course, call your senators and representatives. But in addition to that, there are two big movements nationwide that you can get involved with. The first one is stemming out of the Women's March to make it a movement, not a moment. Um, and they're doing 10 actions over the first 100 days. So we're in the middle of the second action, and it includes having a meeting in your local area. So if you got, if, if your listeners can do that or look for one that's already happening, that's a great way to start getting involved with that movement. The other one is more, I would say, hardcore. Um, it depends on the group, I think, but it's called Indivisible, and it basically uses the tactics that the Tea Party used in the early 2000s to attain what is happening now. And so we're going to use those same tactics to try to get it back to sanity, hopefully. Um, and that one is called Indivisible, and you can look for that at indivisibleguide.com, I think. Anyway, just Google Indivisible Guide, and you will find that. So those are two really good ways to kind of find like-minded people in your area um, or attract a little group and start doing things in person, like going to your town hall meetings where your representative staffs are coming to visit, actually doing face-to-face stuff with the people that represent you is the number one way to change things around. So I just wanted to pass it on. Thank you for everything. You guys are great. Brittany is the best part. I wasn't even going to say it, but I just can't lie. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Huh? Bye. (laughs) (laughs) You know that by commenting on it, you're only going to fuel the fire. Well, we'll see what happens. Let me say this. How (laughs) fucking weird is it that we get two voicemails on this show? Both from Minnesota, mm-hmm. one from Emma, and one from Emily. It's awesome. Uh, is that weird, or am I just drawing lines that don't need to be drawn? Well, we're having a lot of common names with our Patreon, all all J names last time, and there's been a lot of... Like Raina and Renia. I think her name is pronounced Renia. Yeah, but also remember last time when I was announcing the Patreon names, and there were like all five the J names. new... Yeah, J yeah, names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it just comes together really spooky uh. right i guess so <laughs> uh related to emily's call it's all it's interesting that she's i almost said odd it's not odd it's interesting that she says about this indivisible movement mm-hmm. uh, and then i want to talk about also the women's march but let's first <laughs> I, I don't want to forget that but i just got followed like on instagram or something by indivisible 48 which mm-hmm. apparently is a part of this and they're trying to unseat our congressman here, Dana Rohrbacher, who is a a conservative Republican mm-hmm. and a guy I disavowed long ago because he he pledged to help me with the VA matter, with the Veterans Administration matter, and they did fucking nothing. It's pretty unbelievable. His chief of staff looked me in the eye, shook my hand, held my hand for an awkwardly long time, <laughs> looking into my eyes and telling me, thank you, so much for your service to the point that it was making me uncomfortable and then they did fucking nothing so fuck that guy 
I am all on board. In fact, I'm going to go to some meetings of this indivisible 48 mm-hmm. to do everything I can to get a Democrat or an opponent, at the very least, into his seat. Right. We're also thinking of doing a video for Dollamore Daily or whatever it might be to illustrate what it is like when you call your senator. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I think some people may be apprehensive to actually make the call because they don't know what that process would actually entail, who they're going to talk to, what should they say, you know, how it how it goes. And so I think making a video where we actually make the call and illustrate how it goes might be helpful for people to see. Yeah, just take the take the sting out of it. Take the yeah. mystery out of it. Because yeah. a lot of time, the unknown is very scary. And it really is. It's just as easy as calling somebody on the phone and talking to somebody. Yeah. Some intern or something somewhere. It's not like you're going to get a hold of Diane Feinstein herself. But even if you did, light her yeah, up. Absolutely. You tell her <laughs> she works for you. Yeah. These politicians, they're not your overlords. No. We, the people, have the power. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick is that when we went to the march, we I've never been a marcher or a protester. I haven't just never done that. And when Brittany and I went to the women's march here in Orange County, it was interesting because we kind of looked around at one point and we're like, what what good is this? I mean, other than like showing the the the, the powers that be that look, we're here and you need to pay attention to us. I I, I told Brittany, I, I hope that there's something else after this. That all of these people aren't going to go home feeling good about what they did, and then that's it. And luckily enough, the people who organized the Women's March nationally, they have put a plan in place going forward, like Emma, uh, Emily talked about, to take care of that that right. void. So that's right. awesome. We appreciate it. We also appreciate all the calls. If you, too, would like to sound off and call the show, communicate with us. The number is 657-464-7609. You can call, leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail. Or, of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you guys. I will say this. Look, I have millions of people on Twitter. It's a lot of people. If somebody can't handle a Twitter account, they can't handle the nuclear company. So we're going to read the latest tweets <laughs> from Donald Trump. This could be a daily thing. I mean, we, we, we really have to pick and choose because there's so much idiocy. Right. So these are from today. The judge opens up our country to potential terrorists and others that do not have our best interests at heart. Bad people are very happy. Just cannot believe a judge would put our country in such peril. If something happens, blame him and the court system. People pouring in. Bad. (laughs) Bad exclamation point. Yes. Of course. I have instructed Homeland Security to check people coming into our country very carefully. The courts are making the job very difficult. <laughs> a lot of varies. Uh, so many varies. A lot of bads. <laughs> a lot of exclamation points. A lot of exclamation points. There's probably an, uh, an exclamation point in 80% of his tweets, I bet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you sound exasperated. Uh, yeah. Uh. Because the ban was lifted by a judge, many very bad and dangerous people may be pouring into our country. A terrible decision. You know, here's the thing about these tweets that I think Donald Trump just fundamentally doesn't understand. 
It's that even without his fucking Muslim ban, or if you want to be charitable, travel ban, we still have an immigration vetting process, a refugee vetting process that takes up to 24 months to complete for someone to come into the country. So not anybody can just get on a plane and come to the country. He's 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 conflating two things and trying to gin up fear in the American people. That's exactly what he's doing. And these next tweets are a very sad <laughs> illustration of that. A very sad <laughs> illustration. Interesting that certain Middle Eastern countries agree with the ban. They know if certain people are allowed in, it's death and destruction. When a country is no longer able to say who can and who cannot come in and out especially for reasons of safety and security. Big trouble. Big trouble, everybody. He tweets like a child. Yes. I mean, honestly, the way that he uses language. He also wakes up early in the morning and gets on it. Yeah, and then all this is is scare tactics. Yeah. Trying to terrify people whose main source of information is Breitbart or Fox News. Yeah. And... They exist in this conservative echo chamber, and liberals exist in a liberal echo chamber as well. I'm not saying this is central to conservatives, but it's a big problem when the president is feeding into that and almost encouraging that that echo chamber mentality of, well, I'm where you get the information. Listen to me. I'm the one running things now, and I'm telling you, this is scary. Well, it should give everyone pause and make, make everyone think, why is it that he singled out CNN as quote unquote fake news? Right. He didn't single out MSNBC with their liberal slant. Right. He didn't uh, single out Fox News with their conservative slant. Mm-hmm. He singled out CNN, which may be a little bit liberal, but they're the most reliable, trusted source in news, unbiased source in news, and they're the ones he's attacking. Right. Not clearly biased sources Mm -hmm. and it's because he wants to delegitimize the most legitimate so he becomes the arbiter of truth well and they recently said they were going to stop having white house officials appear on cnn shows that's right because you always see the interviews coming out with jake tapper or anderson cooper and they're nailing those people to the ground trying to get an answer from them and they don't like that well what happened this week is they tried to get kellyanne conway on with Jake Tapper on State of the Union this Sunday. And State of the Union said, mm, no thanks. Mm-hmm. And they declined the yeah. offer right? from all the reports I'm seeing, which is, I think, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I saw a lot of people saying that they wish that Kellyanne would be banned from TV shows until she's willing to tell the truth. But I want her to make appearances. So do and I. I want her to be called out when she lies yes. directly yeah. and not be allowed to get around it, you know? Yeah, I think that's awesome. And hopefully going forward, that is something that, you know, she's not getting any better. In fact, I think she's getting more flagrant, if anything. Right. With her abuses and her lies and her misinformation. For sure. So, and that's not even to speak of the 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 bowling green massacre bullshit that went on. We're not really gonna totally get into that so there's just too much going on so anyway uh good segment on the tweets we will continue to follow the wild rampant moronicness i'm just i'm losing adjectives here (laughs) Brittany page losing adjectives you'll recover
Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I Doubt It with Dollamore. Thank you to all our beautiful listeners for listening to us, supporting us, and riding this wave with us, I would say. I think yeah. I think we're all in the same boat of frustration and probably fear, and it's almost <laughs> therapeutic. Yeah, it's like a collective cathartic journey that we're on together. Yeah. Yeah. So we appreciate your support. Um, one thing that we haven't talked about in a while is reviews on iTunes. So oh, that's, yeah. that's a really great way to support us. And if you go to iTunes, review us, make sure you do not cuss in your review because they will not post it. It's a weird thing. They'll allow me to say fuck and shit and piss and cock jerk off i can even do the motion yeah. they don't see that though yeah and they don't they don't care about that they do not but care. if you write shit in a review they don't post the review yeah so please i please go go and review the show on itunes if you listen it takes as long as it takes to write three sentences give us a review we really appreciate it and like Brittany says it really does push us to get us in front of new listeners and ultimately that's what we want to grow the audience to grow the movement, to continue to move the conversation forward. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. Well, listen. There's so there's so much to choose from that it's it's a it's a bountiful harvest between shows. Especially the long break in between the Wednesday and the Sunday show. So much happens. We, we really have to be choosy here. But the National Prayer Breakfast was the other day. Which is a moment that a president takes to address faith leaders in our country. It's a solemn occasion. Obviously, it's about prayer. It's about people who believe that they're communicating with the creator of the universe. It's a serious thing. Prayer isn't a fucking joke. To people who pray. Well, Donald Trump got up there, and in his remarks before the prayer breakfast, he went off on a very Donald Trump-like fashion and uh, talked about ratings and, and mocked prayer, really, is what he did. I also want to thank my great friends, the Roma. Where's Roma? Beautiful Roma Downey. The voice of an angel. She's got the voice. Every time I hear that voice is so beautiful. Everything is so beautiful about Roma, including her husband, because he's a special, special friend, Mark Burnett, for the wonderful introduction. So true. So true. I said to the agent, I'm sorry. The only thing wrong, I, I actually got on the phone, fired him myself, because he said, you don't want to do it. It'll never work. It'll never, ever work. You don't want to do it. I said, listen. But I really fired him after it became the number one show. It became so successful. And he wanted a commission, and he didn't want to do the show. That's what I really said. But we had tremendous success on The Apprentice. And when I ran for president, I had to leave the show. That's when I knew for sure I was doing it. And they hired a big, big movie star, Arnold Schwarzenegger, to take my place. And we know how that turned out. 
The ratings went right down the tubes. It's been a total disaster. And Mark will never, ever bet against Trump again. And I want to just pray for Arnold, if we can, for those ratings, okay? <laughs> but we've had an amazing uh, life together the last 14, 15 years, and uh, an outstanding man. And thank you very much for introducing me. Appreciate it. It's a great honor. It's honestly laughable that this guy can get support from the evangelical community. Well, it shows what liars and deceivers and charlatans they are. That their faith really doesn't mean anything. These set of values that they claim to live their life by don't really mean anything to them as long as their particular flavor of oppression is in the White House. Yeah, and it's also disturbing to hear Donald Trump constantly make everything about himself. It is the most bizarre fucking thing that I've ever witnessed. It's almost a talent. Yeah. It's every time he talks, he somehow turns it into a discussion about him and what he did, what his part in whatever he's talking about was. Yeah. His ratings always come up. I mean, at what point... Is he going to just accept the fact that he has the most powerful position in the world? He doesn't need to prove anything to us anymore. Yeah, he has it. Listen, it's like this. It's like with me, with whatever accomplishments I have now. If I was to continue to talk about when I was in high school <laughs> and I got an A on a certain paper, and it was a tremendous paper. This paper was beautifully written. Everybody said how great it was and that it was the greatest thing that an 11th grader had ever written. Right. Well, it, that pales in comparison to anything I do now. Mm -hmm. So why would I continue to fucking talk about it? And the fact that you were the host of a TV reality game show is... It's the, the insect status compared to being president of the United States. Right. And here's something that bothers me. I found this article from February 4th, 2009. Oh. And the title says, former chief of staff to Obama, put your jacket on. And this is an article about a criticism of President Barack Obama dressing too casually. Yeah. In the White House. Yeah. That he wasn't wearing a coat and a tie when he was in the White House. And that he needed to be more respectful. It says, quote, the Oval Office symbolizes the Constitution, the hopes and dreams. And I'm going to say democracy. And when you have a dress code in the Supreme Court and a dress code on the floor of the Senate, floor of the House, I think it's appropriate to have an expectation that there will be a dress code that respects the office of the president. They were bitching about the way that President Barack Obama was dressing. Oh, yeah. Where are the people who are bitching about Donald Trump tweeting and starting fights with world leaders on phone calls because he's had a long day? Yeah. Or you could even bring this back to the criticisms that were leveled against Michelle Obama. Right. Oh, my God. She's wearing a dress and her, her, all of her arms are... It's sleeveless. Oh, this is not appropriate for the First Lady of the United States. Right. And these same assholes, all you hear is crickets from them right now about Melania Trump posing goddamn naked in photographs with another naked woman. I can Google her name and find her nipples in a second. 
Yes. And see most of her vagina as and, well. And you know what? Who cares? But you know what? Who cares about the sleeves? What I care about is the fucking hypocrisy of these assholes. Right. You say who cares because you're an equal opportunity not carer, right? Yes. But the people who who do care, who have shit on Michelle Obama or who shit on Megyn Kelly for wearing spaghetti straps when she's on right. air, That's right. are the same people who, when I counter their argument on Facebook with a naked picture of Melania Trump, re- report it and it gets removed and they tell me that I'm posting pornography. <laughs> Seriously, it, it, the hypocrisy knows no bounds. They're not even embarrassed. No. It's the same people who, when you say, yeah, he says he wants to grab him by the pussy. And they're like, oh, don't use that language. <laughs> I'm offended that you use that language on Facebook. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh. You filthy fucking hypocrite. Well, and it's it's upsetting because... Is it really, Brittany? Well, <laughs> this is what they were criticizing President Barack Obama about February 4th, 2009. This is what they were criticizing him for. It's because that's all they had to criticize because he had a, 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 a virtually blemish-free administration. Yeah, so what if he had behaved this way? Yeah. He no would, He would have been out of there. He would have been out of there. This would not oh have been God. tolerated. Had he given them a reason to take him out of office, they would have taken every opportunity to do so. Yes. But they turned their, their blind eyes against the masterful douchebaggery of the Trump uh, clan. See, now I'm getting fired up. Uh, God damn. <laughs> well, let's we'll cool down with this one. Oh, I'm sure. Bernie Sanders, the lovable Bernie Sanders was on on CNN and in the intro of this clip, they're going to talk about Donald Trump rolling back financial regulations while sitting next to Jamie Diamond, who led the charge during the the financial collapse in 2008. As they're introing the segment, you hear some laughter, some chuckling in the background. He's so amused and befuddled by Donald Trump. Bernie Sanders is actually laughing on mic off camera. President Trump took steps on Friday to begin dismantling the Dodd-Frank financial regulations that were put into place following the economic crash of 08. Take a listen to President Trump talking with Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. So many people, friends of mine, that had nice businesses, they can't borrow money, they just can't get any money because the banks uh, just won't let them borrow because of the rules and regulations and Dodd-Frank, so we'll be talking about that. You have long called for stronger banking regulation. There is this study by the Harvard Kennedy School of Government that found that community banks were having a difficult time complying with the regulations in Dodd-Frank. Do you see any upside at all to relaxing any of the Dodd-Frank regulations? You know, it is hard not to laugh uh, to see President Trump alongside these Wall Street guys. I have to say this, Jake, and I, I, you know, I don't need to be disrespectful. This guy is a fraud. This guy ran for president of the United States saying, I, Donald Trump, I'm going to take on Wall Street. These guys are getting away with murder. Then suddenly he appoints all of these billionaires. His major financial advisor comes from Goldman Sachs, and now he's going to dismantle legislation that protects consumers. This is a guy who ran for president saying, I am going, I'm the only Republican. I'm not going to cut Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. And then he appoints all of these guys who are precisely going to cut Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. So I hope that all of those folks who voted for Mr. Trump because he thought that he would stand up for working people, man, 
Uh, this guy is, you know, he's a good showman. I will give you that. He's a good TV guy. But I think he's going to sell out the middle class and the working class of this country and that business on Wall Street. He told us, in fact, it's in the Republican platform. He is going to bring back Glass-Steagall. We're going to be dividing up commercial banks from investor banks from insurance companies. Then he has all of the big Wall Street guys on his side. And now he's working for Wall Street. And it, it didn't take very long. Right. This is just the first two weeks. Right. After all, he was trying to to rally the support of Bernie Sanders supporters. Right. By saying, I'm going to he was talking about Glass Steagall. Of course. He was always mispronouncing it. <laughs> but he was he was really running that same Bernie Sanders type of anti Wall Street, anti big bank narrative, which is amazing. And here we are not even two weeks in and he's already rolling back protections, consumer protections. He's a fucking fraud. And all of these goons. These witless, unsuspecting, innocent Americans who voted for Donald Trump, sarcasm, they're to blame. Well, listen, here's what I want from them. I want them to... Apologies? No. Groveling? No. All I want is... Mass suicide? No, absolutely not. (laughs) All I want is for them to recognize that they were wrong. Yeah. And that they were fooled. And it's okay. I'm not, I don't want to mock people. I don't want to say, I told you so. I don't want any of that. But all I want is... feels real good, though. All I want is is that to be admitted because we can do that. It's okay to do that. Yeah. We're sometimes wrong. Yes. And his supporters were wrong about him. And that's just a fact. And listen, it's weird to me. I don't get it because, I again, I heard him called the other day the blue-collar billionaire. Please stop right. saying it. Again, fuck That fuck doesn't you. make any sense. Terrible. No, he's a wealthy person who is surrounded by wealthy elites. Who lives in a gold goddamn house. Those are the crowds that he runs in, okay? He's not a friend of the little guy. <laughs> his, uh. his Super Bowl table was marked off with velvet ropes, Okay, he doesn't want to be touched by right. the little people, right? He's, he's too good. He's too good for that. So it's just weird that he was able to fool people into believing that he was one of them. Yeah. And maybe it's the language he uses, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there is one thing that he's sticking to his guns about, and that is his li- lifelong adoration and devotion and love for Vladimir Putin. Bill O'Reilly interviewed him before the Super Bowl today, and he said something that is, to me, really, it's remarkable, and I expect it to be all that's talked about for the next three or four days by the media and people who matter, because it is dangerous talk that he has the sentiments that he has about the country that he leads. You had a busy week last week. A pretty busy week. Yeah. Busy week and a half. Do you respect Putin? I do respect him. Do you? Why? Well, I respect a lot of people. So I want to stop it here because when we play it again, I want you to notice how Bill O'Reilly doesn't do anything with that. Yeah. And he should have. So we asked, you respect him. Why? Well, I respect a lot of people. Okay, the next thing that should have been said is, that wasn't what I was asking. It also doesn't make any sense. It also has nothing to do with what's being said here. <laughs> Why do you say you yeah. respect Vladimir Putin? That is the question what I'm asking. What are the qualities you. that deserve respect? Yes, but instead this happens. But that doesn't mean I'm going to get along with him. He's a leader of his country. 
Uh, I say it's better to get along with Russia than not. And if Russia helps us in the fight against ISIS, which is a major fight, and Islamic terrorism all over the world, right. major fight, that's a good thing. Will I get along with them? I have no idea. He's a killer, I though. Won't. Putin's a killer. A lot of killers. We've got a lot of killers. Well, you think our country's so innocent? You think our country's so innocent? I don't know of any government leaders that are killers in America. Well, take a look at what we've done, too. We've made a lot of mistakes. I've been against the war in Iraq from the beginning. Yeah, mistakes are different then. A lot of mistakes, okay, but a lot of people were killed. So a lot of right. killers around, believe me. And then they move on. Then they shift the conversation. He doesn't follow up on that. It's, it's like a remarkable moment that Bill O'Reilly was able to get out of Donald Trump, and he doesn't fucking follow up on it. It's like interviewing Alex Jones. I mean, That's, this is something that a conspiracy theorist says. It's the president of the United States maligning our nation. <laughs> you think our country's so innocent? He's, he's relativizing the murder of opposition and of journalists in Russia, saying that we do the same exact thing here. Right. Patently false. Not the truth. Yeah. President of the United... He's not an, a, a foreign leader... Who's maligning the United States and making claims? He's the president of the goddamn country. This is outrageous. Yeah, and I. This is treason. I want to know where Paul Ryan is on this. Yeah. Because he's been silent. He has been silent. Well, you want to hear where Vice President Mike Pence is on this? I could guess. Well, here he is on one of the Sunday shows, and you're going to hear the, the, the clip of the interview again. I left it in because I think it's important and it needs to be heard again and again and again. But this is a new debate. This is not an old debate. No one has compared the United States to a killer in, in Vladimir Putin. And this is not the first time that the president has done this when he was a, was a candidate on MSNBC. He was asked whether it was wrong for Russia to kill journalists. And he said, quote, I think our country does plenty of killing also. When President Barack Obama was in office, he was criticized consistently by conservatives for not praising American exceptionalism. He never said anything on this par, did he? What I can tell you is there was no moral equivalency in what the president was saying. He was simply acknowledging that, that he has been throughout his life willing to be critical of government policies and, and government actions in the United States. But we recognize, we recognize the extraordinary superiority, the ideals of the American people and the implementation of those ideals. But do you, do you think you America have, is morally superior to Russia? What, what you have in this new president is someone who is willing to... Do you notice him not being willing? By the way, I did take out the, the repetition of the clip. Uh-huh. <laughs> but do you notice that he's, he's not willing to answer the question about that we are morally equivalent... The simple question. ...to Russia? The simple It should be a very simple question. question and is in fact engaging the world, including Russia, okay. and saying, where, where can we find common interests that will advance the security of the American people, the peace and prosperity of the world, and he's determined to come at that right. in a new and renewed way. But America morally superior to Russia, yes or no? I believe that the ideals that America has stood for throughout our history represent the highest ideals of of. So humankind. Yes. I was actually at, I, I was at I'm Independence Hall. Not answering the question. 
do you think the United States is morally superior to Russia? And he says, I think the United States stands for very good moral blah, 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 blah. It's the most infuriating thing about listening to politicians. That's not the question, dickface. The question is, are we superior to Russia? And the fact that you won't answer the question, for me, is very problematic. All yesterday, and, and I, I stood in the very room where the Constitution of the United States was crafted, the very building where the Declaration of Independence I, was held forth. Every American, including our president, represents it. We, we uphold the yes highest answer? ideals of the world. Shouldn't we be able to just say yes to that question, though? I, I, think, I think it's without question, John. That America's that, morally superior to Russia. American ideals uh, are, are superior to countries all across the world. Okay. But again... What the president is determined What's to do afraid is someone of? who, is, who has spent a lifetime looking for deals mm-hmm. is to see if we can have a new relationship with Russia and other countries that advances the interests of America first right. and the peace and security of the world. I've held you over your time, Mr. Be- Mr. Vice President. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank Mike you, Pence John. is a goddamn coward. Mm-hmm. What is he afraid of? You're the vice president of the United States of America. You know the answer to this question. The United States is absolutely morally superior to Russia, who guns down citizens in their homes, who murders journalists, who supports a despotic, horrible regime in Syria, killing women and children, targeting civilians. We're not talking about casualties of war. You know, what they say, collateral damage. We're not talking about that. We're talking about actively directed targeting of civilians. That's the kind of shit Russia does. We are morally superior to Russia in every way. Well, and it it makes you question, why is this such a difficult question? And, And why does Donald Trump continue to praise Vladimir Putin? And when all of that golden shower stuff came out, yeah, it... It was interesting because it fit with the narrative of, well, why is this relationship so cozy? Why are they so hesitant? Why is he pulling out all the stops to defend Vladimir Putin in Russia? And obviously that whole thing never went anywhere, right? There hasn't, Not yet. There hasn't been any evidence to support the claims and, and that hasn't hasn't come about. But it is interesting to think about it because now it's continuing. Yeah. Right? And... As far as I can see, there's no justification for it. But Mike Pence is on board. Why is he on board, too? It sounds like he's been given a directive. Do not malign Russia. Because it should be a a pretty simple question. And he seemed to answer it without being direct. But again... He has plausible deniability. Yeah, Yeah. it's just... Very frustrating. Well, listen to Jim Shuto, who's a national security analyst and, and journalist for CNN... They got him on the phone and took got his take on the entire thing of Donald Trump saying that you think our country is so innocent. Listen, you know, the word unprecedented has been overused, right, uh, including in the CNN book. Uh, but this is unprecedented by a U.S. president speaking about his own country, that kind of moral relativism with not just a U.S. adversary, but, but an authoritarian state that, that is well-known, documented, uh, for, for enormous examples of mistreatment uh, of its own people uh, at home and abroad, uh, you could certainly say unpresidential, at least if you're talking about 
being president of the United States to describe your country in, in that way. And, and let's listen. I've traveled a lot in countries like Russia, China, elsewhere that will often use this moral relativism as a propaganda uh, talking point that, well, the U.S. has done just as bad as we have. Uh, listen, you and I know Poppy, Jill knows uh, the U.S. has made many mistakes, but, but the question is uh, putting it on a par with an authoritarian state such as Russia mm-hmm. is, one, just not factually true, and two, uh, just a remarkable thing for an American president to say. Those two things are super important there. Not factually true, just not. It's, it's objectively false. But also, like I've been screaming about, it is a bizarre thing for the president of the United States who should have the best interest of our country at heart. And clearly Donald Trump does not. And why is that? It makes me really wonder why. What does Putin have over his head to make him, is it a business deal and he wants to make some money? If so, that's a problem. Is it blackmail information? That's also clearly a problem. But I, if they really don't know each other, there's no reason for him to defend Vladimir Putin mm-hmm. and talk about how much respect he has for a man who murders goddamn innocent people for the crime of disagreeing right. with him. right. Well, the interview with Bill O'Reilly wasn't just about that. There was a couple other things. And toward the end of the, the end of the interview, they got into this whole voter fraud thing. And again, Bill O'Reilly, fuck you. You're a coward. Why is Bill O'Reilly, a commentator, getting interviews before the Super Bowl with the president of the United States when he's not going to actually ask journalistic questions? He lets him off the hook at every fucking turn. Well, I think it's tradition. Right. He, he always does this. He interviewed uh, President Obama before the Super Bowl. I don't know how long he's been doing it, but yeah, seems to be tradition. Ugh. That's a d- tradition that needs to die. <laughs> Is there any validity to the criticism of you that you say things you can't back up factually? And as the president, if you say, for example, that there are three million illegal aliens who voted uh, and then you don't have the data to back it up. Some people are going to say that's irresponsible for a president to say that. Is there any validity well, to that? many people have come out and said, I'm right. You know I that. I know, but you've got to have data to back that up. Let me just tell you. And it doesn't have to do with the vote, although that's a, the end result. It has to do with the registration. And when you look at the registration and you see dead people that have voted, when you see people that are registered in two states that voted in two states, when you see other things, when you see illegals, people that are not citizens and they're on the registration rolls. Look, Bill, we can be babies, but you take a look at the registration. You have illegals, you have dead people, you have this. It's really a bad situation. It's really bad. And so you think you're going to be proven correct in that statement? Well, I think I already have. A lot of people have come out and said that I am. Yeah, but the data has to show that three million illegals voted. Forget that. Forget all of that. Just take a look at the registration and we're going to do it. And I'm going to set up a commission to be headed by Vice President Mike Pence. And we're going to look at it very, very carefully. That's That's good. Let's get to the bottom of this. So there's something there that you pointed out when we listened to this, Brittany, that he says, yeah, I I have been proven right on this because a lot of people believe what I'm saying. Right. That's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. And that is truly what we're worried about right now with this propaganda operation coming out of the White House. Donald Trump says it. Other people agree with him. 
There's no evidence of anything, of any voter fraud. In fact, all the research shows that they found 31 legitimate cases of voter fraud out of 1 billion ballots cast. 31. Just over two dozen cases out of 1,000 million ballots. And Donald Trump says, well, yeah, I I am right about this because a lot of people believe that I'm right. That's ultimately what he's saying. Mm -hmm. That is fucking dangerous. Right. I read a New York Times article today by Charles Sykes, and it's called Why Nobody Cares the President is Lying. And it is a an amazing article. You must read it. We will put it on the Facebook page. One quote from the article is, quote, the real danger is that inundated with alternative facts, many voters will simply shrug, asking what is truth and not wait for an answer. And then in the article, it talks about this instance with Scotty Nell Hughes, who is often on the panels on CNN or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She's a Trump surrogate. And she was asked to defend a clearly false statement that Donald Trump made about this issue, the voter fraud issue. And she said that there's no such thing, unfortunately, anymore as facts. What what in the hell does that even mean? That's a, a quote. It's almost this new approach to indoctrination where they are saying that there's no such thing as truth or even implying that as long as people agree with you, that it's somehow truthful. Right. Because at least you have some people who are recognizing what you're saying is true, which makes it true. Right. No, that's not how that works. Ugh. And it's kind of scary because you have people that are going along with it. I- I've seen people say, well, how do we know what's true? Uh, it's really hard to figure out what's true. I've I've heard that many times, especially on social media. Oh, yeah. Where you're just inundated with information and it's kind of difficult to sort through and find legitimate sources that you can trust and, and whatever. But the the solution to that problem isn't to give up. And just go inward and believe what your random thoughts tell you. Well, it's certainly not to believe what the president of the United States, who has a fixed agenda that's going to benefit himself, you don't believe him. That's not the arbiter of truth. Right. And in this article, he quotes George Orwell when he said, quote, the very concept of objective truth is fading out of the world. Lies will pass into history. And we can't let this happen. There still needs to be a value placed on objective truth, on facts, on evidence. And I think one thing... And and, and also on the journey to finding out the truth. Right. And remaining open. The process. Remaining open to information. Yes. So when Bill O'Reilly said, okay, great, (laughs) let's figure this out. Let's let's open this investigation. Let's, Let's get some answers. Yeah. Let's please do that. Because the quicker that we find the solution, which is that this didn't happen, this three million yes. votes is not a thing, that would be great. Although I'm I'm hesitant to believe that Donald Trump would ever accept that as the reality and stop talking about this. Well, my, my issue would be that Mike Pence is going to lead the effort. The guy who doesn't have the fucking fortitude to say that the United States is morally superior to Russia... He's going to lead the investigation. We need an independent investigator assigned by the by, by the process in place to put someone as an independent, like a Ken Starr, mm-hmm. like an independent 
uh, prosecutor right. to find out, to get to the bottom. Someone who doesn't answer to the White House, who doesn't answer to the Attorney General. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you laugh <laughs> because it's it's just such wishful thinking when he's right. appointing Jerry Falwell Jr. to head educational departments and shit. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's how can you expect that these people will go about collecting evidence and backing up what they believe with evidence in the correct way when they're not educated in this area? Right. Nor do they do they cherish facts and no, reason and evidence. No, and, and yeah. why would they when what they have done worked so well? Yeah. That's right. So. Yeah. All right. Well, on that I mean, pressing kinda, note. I know that's kind of pessimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to remain optimistic. <laughs> we are going to leave you on Brittany bumming you out. Aww. I just want everybody to remember that. Sorry. <laughs> we love you guys. We appreciate you. Listen, if you want to support the show and you're looking for a way to do it, you hear me say it all the time. I need to find a better way to do it. But dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page, there's all kinds of ways. There's a link that says support the show. You don't have to give monetarily. You don't have to buy a mug. You could also go and review us on iTunes like Brittany was talking about. That would help us out a lot because somehow, some magic of iTunes algorithm, it pushes us and gets us discovered by new people. And if you're into that and you want us to be discovered by new people, you could review and also you could tell a friend. There's got to be somebody. I'm going to post this episode on, on the Facebook page tomorrow. Why don't you go to the Facebook page right now while you're listening? Go to the Facebook page, find the post where I posted it, and share the post. That would be a huge thing. That would help us out so much. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We will see you midweek. Until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. When you say jerking off, You don't have to do the hand (laughs) movement and say jerking off. 